Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. Title of my message is determined, not distracted. Revival doesn't just happen. It's something that you pursue. It's something that you go after. It's something that you agree with heaven on. And when that agreement meets on earth, supernatural things happen. You can study church history for the last 2,000 years and realize that God has never been asleep. People say, why isn't the Lord moving like he used to move in the 90s? It's He is still moving like he used to move in the 90s. You've just been somewhere that he wasn't allowed to move. So I tell people this a lot. If you ever find yourself in that, get on a boat, get on a plane, get on a train, go somewhere where you hear rumblings about God moving and you get into that presence and don't let anything stop you from pursuing that. Amen? Amen. And we're grateful that this place is a place where the glory of the Lord rests and people press in and shout and jump and run, fall on the ground, whatever. We, we just say, the more passion, the better. Amen? Woo. Woo. Okay, pray for me. Thank you, Lord, that you would anoint me to minister your word this morning. May it not be words of man's wisdom alone, but may it be words that come from the heart of God and the throne of God to penetrate our hearts and minds and bear forth much fruit in the days to come, the weeks to come, the months to come, and the years to come. Father, even unto eternity, may the effects of today's meeting have far-reaching results. We lift up before you the local Claremont region, and we pray may the glory of God rest upon this city and this county. May revival shake this place. May it be known as a hub where the presence of the Lord is pouring out to the nations of the world. Will you raise up prophets? Will you raise up teachers? Will you raise up pastors from this place? Will you call them in from all the far-flung corners of the globe into this place? And may heaven have its way in this house. May every plan that you have planned for this generation, we pray, God, that we would be a part of that plan, that we would not miss it, that we would not be distracted, that we would not go to the left or to the right, but that we would continue the path and the calling and the purpose that you've laid before us, God. In Jesus' name, in our agreement, we ask, Father, for an increase of the supernatural things of heaven to be released upon this region and this generation, Lord. Our heart's cry is, may we make your name famous in this generation. May every rooftop of this nation begin to rumble with the name of Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the brightest and the morning star. Jesus, we declare. Jesus, we declare. Have your way in this place today. We thank you for it. Amen. Mark 5, 25 through 34. Let's begin with the word. A bit of famous scripture that many people will know. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, say immediately. Immediately. 
immediately means suddenly, instantaneously. This is not something that took a little bit of time. This was not something that required counseling. This was just a person in faith laid a hold of Jesus and immediately the power of God flowed into her. Amen. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Just grab it right there, I guess. You know, it's incredible. I want to talk to you today about um, faith. And I'm intentional with what I'm saying today with my series on revival building up to our prophetic conference because I, I declare to you that I feel the unction of God during this weekend that is coming up that it's a point of contact for us to break open this region. Amen. It's time for the church to arise. It's time for... We, we lift up the local churches and pastors and we pray, may, may the fire of God get on the leadership of this nation and the church and cause boldness to come on the bride and may we arise and may the glory of the Lord drive out every effect of this stupid plague and this virus and this economic downturn and may the presence of the Lord have its way in this nation. Amen. Amen. But I feel it's a point of contact and I want to talk to you about that today. What does that mean? It means the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. Now, that is not to everybody that walks the earth. That is to people that are born again by the Spirit of God. Faith ignites on the inside of you when you give your life to God. Something new transpires. Now you don't just uh, walk through life subject to natural things alone, but there's a supernatural side of you that has been birthed. And that side of you, there's agreement between you and God, and that's called faith, where miraculous things begin to flow. God can do anything that you have ever thought uh, is impossible. God says, I can do that, and I can trump that. Amen. Amen. He can go beyond that. He can heal bodies. He can raise the dead. He can cause people that are barren to have children. He can cause money to appear. He can do whatever he wants to do. Amen. Do you believe it? Yeah. Say amen. amen. Come on, somebody. God is a miraculous God. But in all of this, here's a crowd of people. The Bible says that the people were thronging him or pushing up against him. You've ever been in a crowd, there's people bumping all around you and stuff. That's what was happening here. But in the midst of all these people that actually bumped into Jesus, only one person got something. And the principle is simple. If you're not in faith, miracles will pass you by. If you're not in expectation that God is going to move, you're going to be the one to bump into it but miss it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to bump into Jesus and miss the miracle. I want to lay hold of him in faith and say everything you want to do. I agree with that God. If that's you, take two seconds and say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever God wants to do, you got to stir yourself up sometimes on the inside. Stir up that expectation. No matter what's going on around you, you got to stir up childlike faith to say, I don't care what it looks like. It's about to break way into the most glorious time that this world has ever seen. Amen. I believe it. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Think about the scripture. Um, time and time again, we see in the word where... Uh, things that have no logical sense or meaning are the key to the miraculous. 
If you read the Old Testament, there's a time when an axe head falls off into a riverbed and everybody knows metal doesn't float, but the prophet grabs a stick and throws it in the water and the metal floats to the top. Now, this is not science. It's not like Bill Nye, the science guy, could replicate this and show you that if you throw in, you know, maple wood into whatever, all this, it's a total miracle. It doesn't make any logical sense whatsoever. And I don't believe the prophet like got into the mind of the Lord and was like, what should I do? I think he just looked at an impossible situation, turned and saw a stick on the ground and said, my God's so big, watch this, and threw a stick in. And then metal floated. And everybody was like, what is this? This is God. God doesn't have to work within the parameters of what science tells him to work in. He made everything to begin with and he can make it brand new again. If you believe it, shout amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. It's like facts. Everybody wants to argue facts. Their facts are real things. But truth is greater than facts. Fact is, you can be sick. Truth is, Jesus is the healer. Hallelujah. You got to believe it. Bones can be broken, but God can mend the broken bones right there in an instant. And I've seen it before my very eyes. God's a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Take the time. There was death in the pot. It was poison. And the prophet took flour and threw it in there and said, eat, you're fine. How many people? would take a pot of chili with arsenic in it and throw flour in it and just start chomping down. It's okay. I put flour in it. It's not science. It's miracles. And it's a point of contact where faith is released to say, look, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. My God is a supernatural God. I'll throw dirt in it and it'll be the greatest chili you've ever had and you will not be harmed because the Bible says he will take sickness and disease away from us. That if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm you. That's the God that we serve. Hallelujah. And I feel faith in this place. Time and time again in the Bible, it shows us that faith requires a point of contact. It requires an action or a thing where you release your faith in that moment. Take last week when we went through the principles of Christianity, the doctrines, the six doctrines in Hebrews. Baptisms, laying on of hands. And um, there's another one, what is it? Communion. Communion. These are normal things. When you take communion, you're either eating bread and drinking juice or you are partaking in the miraculous miracle of Jesus' body. And the difference is, what is the faith on the inside of you in that moment? You could be eating stale bread or partaking in a miracle that is 2,000 years old and still as potent today as the first lash that was laid upon his back. It's faith in that moment. Laying on of hands. I tell people all the time, that is a super awkward thing if faith is removed from that equation. You don't walk up to people and just put your hands all over them. Hey, at Publix, pow. It's awkward. But when faith is there, it's a supernatural transaction. And power is released at that touch. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Question is, do you have faith? Is your faith activated? Are you declaring that I don't care what it looks like in the natural area or two seconds to midnight and God is on the move across this nation? Hey, somebody, I feel it. The enemy's trying his best to choke out the gospel and the move of God, but all he's doing is igniting a fire that is going to burn so bright. 
Uh, sometimes you just got to pray in tongues because English just fails to express the excitement that you feel. Hey, man, I feel fire in this place right now. Point of contact. I believe that Prophetic Weekend is a point of contact for this ministry, for your life to go to another level. If you believe that, if you're in agreement with that, I want you to raise your hands right now all across the place. Father, we just release it right now. We release our faith into the heavenlies and declare, God, pour out in this place miraculous, supernatural encounters, Father. We, we are asking for you to take us to the places that you need us to go to and release in this house and in every individual the very giftings and callings that you want released upon the nations at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Point of contact. You got faith. Question is, are you using that faith? Are you allowing yourself to agree with heaven? And you know what? It can be foolish to the world. It can be ridiculous to the world. People look at the church and mock us because they think that we've just lost our mind. But the reality is, is we've gained the mind of Christ. And so we don't see things through limitations anymore because our God is infinite. Come on, he has no limits and no boundaries. The world sees everything through finite amounts and set details, but God says, lift up your eyes and look to me, and I can do anything bigger and better than you ever dreamed possible. That's the God that we serve. Amen. Amen. Point of contact. Extend your faith during this time. That's why offerings are powerful sometimes, people that are going through it. It's like you're going through a, a, a tough time. People take that and they give a seat of faith and they're like, God, I'm breaking this curse off of my household. We are tapping into the limitless supplies of heaven and it works. Why does it work? Because God is a miracle working God. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Acts 5, 15 through 16, as a result of the apostles' work, Sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Now, there's no premise for this. This is one of the most exciting things you read in the book of Acts because Jesus' ministry that you don't read where the shadow healed somebody. Everywhere Jesus went, people were healed. But there was such a hunger and expectation that got birthed and erupted across all of Jerusalem and beyond that people just started bringing sick people into the city so that the apostles' shadows could pass over them, saying to themselves, if their shadow passes them, they will be healed. Can that day come again? Holy Spirit, blow out across this land. Yes, it can. All it takes is people coming in agreement and expecting, man. It just takes the breath of God to make a difference. It just takes a shadow. It just takes a touch. It just takes a moment with God, and everything is about to change. Amen. We got a generation that goes to God. He's seventh on the list. First, you go to your bank account. Then you go to your friends. Then you go to your family. Then you go to the doctor. Then you go to this counselor. Then you come to the Lord. After everything else has failed you, now it's come to this. But I tell you, there is a rising generation that doesn't look to any other thing on this earth. That their eyes are focused on the prize. His name is Jesus. And it doesn't matter if it's big or small. Every day I got my eyes on the prize. And his name is Jesus. I will not be distracted. Hallelujah. 
In America, we doubt everything. We doubt. I mean, it's the problem. I met a man that was a pastor in the Philippines. He asked me to preach at his church in, in America. And I came and preached for him. We had a powerful move of God. But he said, when I was pastoring in the Philippines, we would have thousands of people come to church. And people were, every time we got together, miracles would happen. He said, blind eyes would pop open. Deaf ears would hear. Bones would snap and pop as they were healed right there. He said, we saw it. It was commonplace every time we joined. He said, then I came to America and my family thought we were backslidden. We had to fast. We had to pray. We had to press through because America is distracted. America is not looking to God with faith. America is like the crowd bumping into Jesus but extending no power from him. But it takes a person of faith to press through the crowd and grab a hold of Jesus and say everything that God wants done is what we are going to pull from his presence right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith. Everybody wants to blame the leadership. Everybody wants to blame the preachers. And God bless the preachers. And may they have boldness to declare the truth and interpret the word of God. But the power resides in the pews. You have men and women full of faith. You have the ability to call on the things of God. You have the ability to put your faith out there and say, God, breathe in this place today. And heaven responds to you. Isn't that powerful? You can be the woman with the issue of blood. You can be the person that drags someone just to the side of the street. Think about everybody here. How many of them said, I'm here because of this person? I'm here because of this person. It's because people are being touched by God, and they don't let that touch stop with them. They go and get another, and they go and get another, and that's a revival on the cuff of a great awakening shake in this land. Come on. Hey, somebody. If we all doubled ourselves this week by going after someone and praying for them and stirring up the things of God, we couldn't even fit in the building next week. That's the reality of the kingdom of God. There's not a force on this earth that can stop it. Man, I feel fire. Is this okay? Are you with me? Does anybody think I'm shouting too much? Let me dial it back. Say this with me today. Say that I am a believer and not a doubter. Say it out loud. I am a believer. It just doesn't feel right, does it? We got to say it right. Say, I'm a believer, not a doubter. One more time. I'm a believer, not a doubter. Hallelujah. Woo. Jesus. It's like the prophet said. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I didn't want to say it, but I could not say it. You know what I mean? Hmm. Jesus, 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 fire, <laughs> hallelujah, man, <laughs> your whole body's coursing, you're just like, God, what are you doing, what are you doing, what are you doing, what do you want to do, I love serving the Lord. Man, it beats anything in this world, doesn't it? Serving God is an exciting journey. Man. Your expectations can be good or bad. You can expect good things or you can expect bad things. When you begin to expect bad things, we would label that in the Christian faith as doubt has centered into your heart. And you're believing in the bad report rather than the good report. 
And in the Bible, there was two people that believed in the good report and ten that believed in the bad report. And I say, may we always be a person that believes in the good report of God. Amen. My message today, do not be distracted, but be determined. Be determined to get everything you can from God. Turn with me in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1. Following in our series, following along with what Nehemiah did. And as I'm about to read this, I will say this about Nehemiah. Nehemiah saw a need, and he asked the Lord to anoint him and to give him favor to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Now, rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem doesn't ensure that Jerusalem becomes powerful again. But he looked at the uh, Jewish people spread out to the nations of the world at that time. And he knew that there was a prophecy speaking of the rebuilding of the city. So he took it upon himself to rebuild that city as a point of contact to those that were scattered to bring them back and to rebuild and make Israel strong once more. It's just a point of contact. A wall doesn't bring a nation back, but it did bring a nation back because it was done in faith to the Almighty. Amen? So we read in Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had rebuilt that I had finished rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained. Though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates, so Sanballat and Geshem sent a message asking me to meet with them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized that they were plotting to harm me. So I replied by sending this message to them. I am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent the same message, and each time I gave the same reply. Stop right there a second. Don't let the world, or more importantly, the enemy, drag you into his battleground. We don't war against flesh and blood, church. We war against powers and principalities, and we have the weapons of warfare that are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Do not forget that victory has already been given to you, that you stand in the place of victory right now if you stand in the place of faith. But the enemy wants to drag you into his battleground and distract you so that you spend time fighting something you don't have to fight. Don't let yourself be brought in that, especially this time period of everything going on right now. Stay in faith. And don't let the world drag you back into their debates of logistics and all of this stuff going on right now. Be a person of faith. Look to the Lord. Trust him no matter what. Declare the word is the, is the plumb line of your life. And every promise in that Bible is a promise made to you. And if you agree with heaven, heaven agrees with you. Amen? amen. If you believe it, say amen. amen. The enemy loves to distract you. Get you fighting something you're not supposed to fight and you're ill-equipped to fight. So that he can keep you going around and around and around the mountain that you were never supposed to go around. We don't circle the mountain. We take the mountain. Amen. And if we can't take it, we look at it and say, be thou removed. And we'll walk across the level ground. Amen, somebody? Who am I talking to right now? Don't let the enemy. He loves to mess with you. When things are, you're moving forward in faith. He brings this weird little thing over here where it's just, it's begging you like a yipping chihuahua to give it attention. Just got to ignore that chihuahua. Get thee behind me, Chico. <laughs> Daddy's got his eyes fixed on the prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You ate yesterday. That's enough. Look at the size of you, brother. <laughs> Stop feeding the enemy. Stop giving him what he wants. Ignore him. There's no greater insult you can do to the enemy than just straight up ignore him. In fact, the Bible says that he will prepare... A table before you in the presence of your enemies. So that's beyond ignoring. That's like they're huffing and puffing and you're like, this is so good. You can't have none of this though because you's, you's kicked out. 
That's what we stand for. This man was doing a great work, but the enemy was angry. He wanted to stop the work. The enemy wants to stop the move of God, but nothing can stop the move of God as long as you keep your eyes focused on the prize. Do you believe it? Four times they sent the message. Each time I gave the same reply. The fifth time, Sam Ballot's servant came with an open letter in his hand. This is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that is why you are rebuilding the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you. Look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king. So I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Come on, somebody. The harder the enemy pushes, the greater the church arise. The deeper the darkness tries to cover the land, the brighter the light will shine. You are in that light. Amen? Amen. You are on the winning side. Do not forget it and do not let the enemy distract you or say lies about you to where you feel you got to defend yourself against these lies. Stay the course. Keep your eyes on the prize. Fake news. <laughs> has been in the world ever since the devil was cast onto the world. He is the father of lies. Little people didn't know this, but Geshem is actually a direct relative of Ted Turner, who owns CNN. (laughs) People say, I can't believe pastors say stuff like this. I just say what everybody thinks. I'm the guy that gets to look, get in trouble for all of us. Amen? You know it's true. They haven't said anything true in years. My gosh. It's so ridiculous. Anyways. Fake news, hate, intimidation, lies. That's the enemy's tactic. That's everything that he's got. That is his arsenal. Is to sow confusion through lies and speculations and distractions and get quarreling and angers and division. That's all he can do. He divide the church to fight over this, divide people to fight over this, get you warring against one another so that he can just run right down the side and do whatever he wants to do. Don't let the enemy distract you with some stupid squabble. Stay full of love, stay full of faith, keep your eyes on Jesus and say, Devil, I'm not giving you a second of my time because you're defeated and beneath my feet. Get behind me. I'm running my race. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Don't get mixed up in seeing yourself as the opposition wants you to. He wants to say lies about you. He wants to get you fighting each other. He wants to get you feeling discouraged because of what you can and can't do or, or who you used to be. And you don't understand, Pastor Caleb, I've been abused my whole life. Yeah, well, now you are not being abused anymore because you are in the kingdom of God and he's given you a brand new life and his spirit has been breathed upon you and he has spared no expense to reach you. So stop seeing yourself as unimportant. Stop seeing yourself as a victim. You're not a victim. You're a victor in the name of Jesus. You're the devil's worst nightmare. He is shivering in his boots every time you wake up, wondering if you'll give glory to God one more time and take the day by force. Come on, somebody. Hey, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in this place. Jesus. Woo. 
You follow Jesus. You get the job done. It may not be how other people would do it, but they're not doing it. So you do it. And it can be broken. It can look halfway. I mean, who cares? Just do something for God. Amen. That's a point of contact. It's like, man, this person's in a wheelchair. I'm going to go and try and pull them out of the wheelchair. It can be awkward if they fall on the ground, but you can pick them back up from the ground and put them in the wheelchair and say sorry, or you can watch them run around the place healed. Regardless, it still takes a point of contact. It takes you keeping your eyes on God and being willing to do the ridiculous to obtain the miraculous. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting right now. Shout. Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4 verse 25. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. Do not get distracted or sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Don't let the enemy cause you to waste years of your life on something you aren't supposed to do. There are those here that have been called into the ministry. You got you to gotta get real about that. Stop saying, when's it going to happen? Go after God. Pursue. Join Bible school. Get studied up. Go after it. And you start pulling on every thread you can find. You got to test it and you got to go for it. People are waiting on God to do something and God's waiting on you to do something. He meets you in the motion. So run your race, somebody. Amen. Keep your eyes focused. It's like Paul said, there's this one thing I do. It's not complex. It's not seven steps to being used by the Lord. It's one step. Forget the past. Forget what I used to be like. Forget who I used to be. Forget what I used to say. And I look towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God, and I run my race to that thing. It doesn't matter about who I used to be because that guy's dead. He's buried. There's a tombstone that says, here lies a loser. But up from the ground came a resurrected child of God, full of faith, full of power, full of the spirit, full of the word, marked by the blood and set ablaze. Hallelujah. And the devil knows it. He hates the church. He hates the bride. He hates every time people join in his name. That's why they're trying to argue, order the church not to sing. What kind of devil ever thinks that you can tell a believer, stop singing and they will obey? Oh, oh, you, oh, you, oh okay, okay. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you. It's like, it's like they got Billy Graham up one time at like the, the inauguration. They said, when you pray, Billy, keep in mind, there's a lot of religions in America, so try not to use the name of Jesus. If you pray to God, one God fits them all. He said, oh, no, don't, don't say Jesus. Okay. Dear Jesus, we just thank you today that Jesus is the Son of God, and in that name of Jesus, we pray that the blessing of God would be released upon this nation. Jesus, have your way on this land. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, you, you don't want us to do it? It's like when the devil tells you not to do something, now you don't even need to pray to get direction. You're like, that's what I'm doing. That's, that's where I'm going. It's like waving a red flag at a bull. Oh, you, you, you didn't want me to do that. Oh, okay. Is this okay? Are you happy? Do you feel faith? Do you feel alive? You feel empowered? You feel like the devil is terrified of you? Come on, it's truth. That's truth. That's Bible truth. 
He hates the bride. He hates freedom. He hates the church. He hates the word. He hates the gospel. He hates the blood. But you have all of it. And every time you lift your hands and you begin to worship God, the presence of heaven invades the place. The atmosphere is transformed. The peace of God falls. And the devil is driven out of the premises. Hallelujah. Church, you are special. You're special. You're a part of the Almighty's plan. You're not here by accident. You're here by a plan from on high. Amen? Revival. Keep your eyes focused. Revival. Nothing more, nothing less, and nothing else. We know what we are here for, to do to shake this nation one more time. So how do we shake it? Shake it by being on fire for God. Shake it by dominating in life in whatever area the Lord gives you. Amen? You're called into business. May the Lord anoint you and grace you to do great things in business. May you be a leader in that capacity and use business as a way to reach, preach the gospel and see people shaken and come to meet Jesus. Amen? Amen? You're good at sales. May God anoint you in sales to where you prosper beyond your wildest dreams. But not only do you sell things, you also bring the kingdom of God and get people on fire for God everywhere you go. Amen? Call in the ministry. May you preach like one that doesn't compromise the word. May you have boldness. May a fire catapult and propel you so that it's not done in your own strength, but it's done by that fire that burns on the inside of you. You're called to educate. May you educate people into the liberty that Christ has called them to come to. Every aspect of life gets sweeter when Jesus becomes your, your centerpiece. Amen? Instruct people. How many teachers are out there called to God that have been praying with kids in back rooms of schools and leading them to the Lord and ministering to people and impacting their lives for generations to come? You don't be afraid and you don't be nervous and don't let the devil mock you or cause you to back down. Amen. Amen. Just this past year, remember the old, old 20, I think it was 2019, the, the football coach, coach in Seattle that was uh, 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 attacked because he was praying. Every, every game with his team in the name of Jesus. And he was ordered by the school board. So they wound up trying to shut him down. But he walked out on the field and all the football team led. Led the prayer themselves because they said, you're not going to shut down our coach. We're going to take over. And you can't kick us out of the school. And they began to pray. And then parents in the stadium began to feel the same. That happens in America. All it takes is one person full of faith telling the devil, you can huff, you can puff. But you can't stop us. We will be victorious in Jesus' name. Man, revival is when miracles that are unexplainable begin to happen. Families get saved. Lives get transformed. Marriages become beautiful and joyous. And families just get more intensely strong. And then there's unrushed times in the presence of the Lord. That's so sweet. When you get to a place as a body where you're just, I'm here for God. And I don't care what time it is, and I don't care what day it is, and I don't care if he preaches or doesn't preach. I don't care about anything other than the glory and the presence of the Lord and getting caught into that place with God where things can be deposited straight from heaven into you. It's precious. It's intimate. You see, when man fell in the garden, three things were lost, or three things happened. One, a curse came upon man. Two, there was a loss of intimacy between man and God, and then there was a loss of dominion or power that was originally given to man and transferred to the devil. But Jesus came to deliver us from all three of those things. He broke the curse. He became the curse for us so that we could walk in the blessing of God. Amen. And the Bible says that where one man fell, 
and we were all subject to sin in Romans, through one man's death and victory, we have now all been anointed to reign as kings in this life, Romans chapter 5. So you've been re-delivered back to that place or redeemed to the place of authority where the enemy is beneath your feet. Amen. And intimacy, don't get distracted. Just love Jesus. Come on, somebody. Love Jesus. Passionately follow the Lord. And if someone makes fun of you for it, they're just jealous because you have a good relationship and they don't. It's accurate. Just love Jesus. Amen. I believe that America's on the cuff of a great move of God. And I, for one, am just excited. And I feel a fresh fire just getting more and more intense on the inside of me by the day as I look at the things that the enemy has very uh, arrogantly trying to push on this nation. And I believe that we, the Lord is not going to allow it to happen. And he's just looking for church to arise. And I believe you're a part of that. Do you believe that? Yes. Amen. Come on. The, the world shames us with titles like political correctness and stuff Those things don't apply to the church. Nowhere in the church were we supposed to stop our mouth from speaking the truth because it might be deemed politically incorrect. What kind of rubbish is that? Speak the truth, but speak it in love. I don't have hate in my heart for anybody, and I don't think you you do. If you love God, it's impossible to hate. You never look at a person and think, I hate this person. You actually look at people that are totally perverse and whacked out, and you find yourself like God. Send someone full of fire to preach the gospel. I would love to see this person just totally transformed. What a miracle it would be to hear them take a press conference and start giving glory to God and talking about an encounter. Amen. And I know that not all of them will encounter the Lord. There's a place where God turns them over to the reprobate mind. But it's like revival is. Let's believe that God gets influential people full of things of heaven. Amen. Romans 8, 31, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Who can stop the move of God? Who can stop the king of glory when he's on the move? Nobody, no army on earth has the power to stop the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Do you believe it? Amen. Say this with me. Say, I'm a believer. believer. Not a doubter. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Mark 2, verse 1. I love this scripture. I'll probably be closing with this. I don't know, though. I'm only a quarter of the way through my notes, so we'll just see how how it goes. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. So soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked through the stunned onlookers, and they were all amazed and praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this before. Amen. Isn't that incredible? 
Think about it. There was such an expectation for God to do things that the place was packed out, and people show up with their friend that needs a miracle. And how do you get to the place where you come to this thought that we can't go in there, but we can demolish the building and lower him straight down in front of the preacher, and he'll get a miracle like that? That's, those are the type of friends that you want. Amen? Amen? You want the type of friend where when you call them and you have like a sniffle, they're like, in the name of Jesus, I bind that sniffle right now. I release the glory of God. Just, just put your hand on your head right now. Put your hand on your head. I command you, put your head on your hand. You're like, healed, healed. That's the people you want to be around. You want to be around the people that don't let the devil take an inch of your life. Come on. You want to be around believers so full of faith that whether it's a headache or a broken bone, they're still on fire. I got a sinus headache. Oh, Jesus. I got a broken bone. Jesus. I need a financial miracle. Jesus. Plus, I have some money for you. That's the friends that you want to be around. Come on, somebody. I think about that a lot. It's like when I, when I got saved, I went to this church in Nashville, and I love to tell this story just because <laughs> I get to see your faces as I tell it. <laughs> I, I passed up a lot of the like whatever types of churches, and I just went to full-blown. I, I didn't know there was a spectrum in church. I just was invited to this church, and they were just that full-blown. People ran around the place. People were jumping and shouting. People were prophesying. People were falling out. I mean, it was just just an awesome church, you know? And we had a preacher in from Africa named Robert Kayanjo, which is a powerful man of God. He uh, recently just did 77 days times four of straight meetings in the glory of the Lord all across Uganda. I mean, Benny Hinn was there. Many people were there. Powerful move of God. And when he came to our church... Uh, he gave an altar call, like 12 people went forward or something like that, and he's going through the line, and this lady totally begins to manifest a demon. And I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this, but literally the building, which was bigger than this building, suddenly got cold to where I could see my breath, and the lights like began to dim. It was like exorcist, and I was like new to the church, and I'm, I don't know what's happening, but there was everything in me was like, this is this is serious. It just got real up in here, you know? So I was terrified. And then I, the really weird part to me was I look at the husband of the lady, and he's got three kids, and he's like sitting there like this happens every day, like, yeah, you should see her at dinner time. Like, I'm like, she's growling, you know, she's so like, temperature's cold, people, but I'm, I, I like get underneath the chair because I'm like, what is happening here? What is happening here? You know? Uh, but everybody else in the church, and this is, this is where I'm leading with it, they were like, this was the greatest moment of their life. They were like, this is what we train for. People were like jumping on their chairs like, I mean, everybody's going for it, and I'm crawling under a chair, and this preacher's like, get out in Jesus' name. I mean, real calm. Peace hits her. She falls to the ground. He gets her full of the Holy Ghost, full of Jesus, and everybody's shouting amen. And I'm like, this is the type of church that you want to be in, right? When you walk in with a creepy crawly, you don't want them to pat you on the back and say, keep, you know, he'll be all right. You want someone to be like, you foul devil from hell. <laughs> like, I don't know about you, but if, if it's going to happen, at least go somewhere where it gets out of you and doesn't stay in you. Can I get an amen? 
Say, Pastor, what do I do if my head starts twitching? Stay here. We'll deal with these things. Amen. Come out. And you're in a church where people will be like, the worship band will be on the stage in two seconds flat. As soon as you go, suddenly they're like, Yeshua. Yeshua. I mean, people will be circling you. Oil will be flying everywhere. Young living moms will come out. It's purify. It's purify oil. <laughs> That's the type of church you want to be in, amen? The rip the roof off the place, lower the body down, be like, we'll fix the roof later. Right now, God's about to move. Hey! Jesus. <laughs> Pastor, we took this church over with. He's telling me a story one time I told him in the first service. I don't tell it often. He was in a church service. And uh, the pastor had this special guest in. A lady, she gets up and she's preaching and stuff. They're taking up an offering. And an old lady in the church gets up and begins to speak in tongues. And she speaks in tongues and then she interprets it. And what they didn't know was this lady was literally, she was a prostitute. She ran a, a prostitute ring and would travel to churches and take up offerings because she hated the church. She wanted to mock it. She would preach a fake message, take up an offering, and walk out of the place and laugh about it. And this old lady got up, spoke by the Holy Ghost, then began to interpret it and said, you're, you're a whore. And you, this happened in church. And you mock the move of God. And you get up there and act like you know Jesus. And this, the fear of God struck this lady so much, she peed herself in front of the entire church. This happened in church in America. Let me tell you something. You want to be in that church. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but because that's the type of church where you have exciting stories to tell. You know, you don't want to be in a church where what happened to church? I don't know. I fell asleep about 10 minutes into it today. It was like a real calmness in the place. You're like, I can't wait to get out of here because this lady just peed herself. And I'm going to tell the whole world what happened to my church Sunday. You go to Publix just because you want to find a stranger to talk to. You're like, hey, 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 come here, come here, come here. You ever seen anybody pee on themselves in public? It just happened. I mean, they, that's radical. That's the fear of God. That's the God that we serve. He will not be mocked. The enemy will not have his way. Things done in dark will be exposed. The glory of the Lord will reign across this place. But find yourself in a group of people that are willing to rip up a roof to get you a miracle. You want to be surrounded with that type of faith. Am I talking to anybody here right now? Let me tell you, I'll just get real with you for a moment. Some of you guys in here have been picked on a lot. You've lived your life, and you've always had this zeal for God, and you've always kind of been picked on for it and pushed to the side as you're the weirdo in the church. Well, welcome to the river. <laughs> Because it's not weird. It's the truth of a person that is in love with Jesus. That supernatural things become the norm of our life. And miracles are sometimes things that are wild to try and explain. But it doesn't change the fact that it happens. That's the God we serve. These people ripped up a roof because they were determined to see the Lord do a miracle. 
Right now, this nation needs some determined believers that are willing to rip up the roof and get on their knees and pray, seek the Lord, and see revival shake this land. And I'm telling you, there's a move that is already erupting so beautifully across this land. You follow some of the preachers that are doing things right now, and the enemy is not stopping what God wants to do. Sean Foy was just in New York City the other day. Massive crowd, praising God, jumped like us, jumping up and down, praising, shouting to the Lord right on the streets of New York City. You cannot stop the church, devil. You cannot quit, stop what God wants to do. Revival is on the cup, and it's about to happen. Amen? Amen? Now, expectation, when we're talking about be determined, comes with an expectation. Expectation is, deter- is defined as a strong belief. Say strong belief. So not a mild belief, not a weak belief. And I'm closing with this because I know that you're starving because when Pastor Mark preached that day, I was like, my, my, I was like, Jesus, I'm so hungry right now. Powerful message. And I was like, yes, give an altar call and I will run for it if you have food. So my heart is with you. There is compassion in my heart like any good pastor would have. I'm with you. I feel your pain. I hear that grumbling. And I know it's not a demon. That's just your stomach saying, feed me. Quick story. I was on on the phone of a large ministry in the call center one time. We took in thousands of calls. And this person called in. And they said, pray for me. I said, why? And they were like, because I have a demon. I said, what do you mean you have a demon? They said, I have the spirit of gluttony. It's like I, I eat and I eat and I eat and I want to be delivered from it. And I said, all right. Close your eyes, lift your hands right now. And I said, you foul devil of gluttony. You come out in the name of Jesus. And it was quiet on the other line, and I fun- finally heard, and they go, I'll come out for a cookie. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, people. so good. I used to think that everybody had expectation, but the truth is a lot of people go through life without a strong belief about anything. They go through the motions. And the passion that you've been mocked for is the fact that you are a passionate person full of strong beliefs and strong emotions towards the Lord. So don't let the enemy pull you into that battleground to defend your passion for the Lord. Ignore it. Keep your passion for God and your zeal alive and know that my expectation moves the heart of God, and God responds when I pray, and that's a beautiful thing. Amen. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.